Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Well, we're taping the show in July, and you know how I know it's July? Because two things. It's the free agent frenzy happened just recently, and in the True Grit studios, there's no air conditioning. Suck it up, Buttercup. Suck it up. Let's it's, go. It's got it. The temperature's got to be 90 in, in the uh, True Grit studios. Right. You just, it's mind over matter. You just don't pay attention to me. I, I don't mind, but it does matter because it's it's really hot. We're sweating like pigs, but we're no, bringing... I'm, I'm sweating. I'm fine. We're putting out some great content, so yeah. I'm happy to do it. Yes, yeah, so a good show today. Two good shows. Absolutely. Yeah. So... um. Uh, July first, free agent frenzy. Not a lot. Not nothing really earth shattering happened. Yeah, I was surprised how quickly it all happened too. Uh, sometimes it drags on a little bit longer, but the signings happened right away. The Rangers picked up uh, Wheeler that had played was the captain of the yep. uh, Winnipeg Jets and uh, Mr. Quick, Jonathan Quick, the uh, well, the Vegas Golden Knights, Connecticut boy who yep. wants to come home, finish his career. And who was his father in law? Uh, Tom Laidlaw. My- oh, that's awful. Who's his father? I don't know. Mike Backman, former New York Ranger. Oh, uh, number yeah. 21. Yep. Wow. Did not know that. Yeah. Uh, then his his other daughter had married oh, a guy that played in Buffalo, a goal scorer that played in Buffalo years ago. I can't remember his name now. But yeah, the, the Backman family, it's all wow. uh, He coaches still around here locally. Well, let's uh, get him on the pod. Yes. You know what? You're right. He's got some good stories. Let's do it. I, actually, I watched an old video the other day. He, George McPhee, and Rod Dugay all played on a line together. We're really successful sure. playing against the Islanders, too. Yeah, that's a good line. Yeah, so they, Jonathan Quick always wanted to be a Ranger growing up. Now he's a Ranger. Uh, Blake Wheeler, they got on a buyout, so it was yeah. dirt cheap. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. They're both one-year deals, I think, at $800,000 a year. Yep. So even if they're wrong with these guys, it's not. Right. It's and hardly in the cap. I think they signed nine players total, all to one-year deals. Right. So you know you can cut right. bait pretty easily. A right. lot of grinders. Yeah. Well, again, you know, you cut Shesterkin, and you know, I'm arguably the best goaltender in the world. Some people don't agree with that, but... 100% best goaltender in the right. world. So there's a window, right? Is, is it a 10-year window, an 8-year window? He's at the top of his game. So you've got you've got to stay in the game. But again, I, I, like you mentioned, I like the one-year deals because they don't want to continue to get older because now that window closes right. more fast or more fast, more quickly. Uh, more quickly, Jonathan Quick. There you go. But quickly. they did get older. They, they got older and maybe a little bit slower. So is, uh, they get a well, grinding team. You know what, though? I, hear, I know it's a speed game, but you, you see the teams that win now, like at Tampa. You know, Patrick Maroon, those kind of guys played Trade, such a traded to Minnesota. Yeah. But he played such a big role with him. He's not a fast guy, but he's that no. grinder, you know, like it's a, a grind all the time. Yeah, you still need to have the speed, there's no question. But the hockey's still hockey. When I mean, you come playoff time, you have to have people who are gonna punish you, especially if you're gonna play a seven game series. It's gotta be like, oh my god, do I have to play against this guy again? You like, need you need a Patrick Maroon, who is a roller hockey player, by the way, just this summer won a national roller hockey championship. Oh, so shout out to roller hockey oh, players. He did. But yeah, it, it's not just the physical part too, it's the mental parts like knowing that okay, this guy's gonna show up every day. He's yapping at me all the time, all the time. How about uh, the other one too? Uh where is it? Uh, Reeves went to Toronto. Yes. And tough guy, and uh Milan Lucic back to Boston. Boston back to Boston. That should be and Max Domi to Toronto. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, one. Wow. so he went to Toronto. So a lot of and a lot of these were one-year signings and, and, and smaller signings. The Rangers lost uh, Makala to uh, Florida, and they lost Tarasenko to oh, that's right. to Carolina. Do you care about Tarasenko? I don't think he was going to stay. I mean, everybody wants him. All these fans are doing this gymnastics, but I don't think it's going to happen. But the the one that may stay though. You know, Kane is going to have hip surgery yeah. or did have hip surgery. Yep. Now he might yep. be available for, you know, he's going to be on LTIR for a while or at least a free agent for a while. Right. He might be able to pick him up for cheap. Who knows? Well, Larry Brooks had a great article, right? So it's a cap problem. 
So if he's out, like if he's out for the whole year, like Kucherov was with Tampa that year, they won it. So there's that, no there's cap, no cap, and then he came in and play in the playoffs. That would be ideal for him. Uh, but from what I read, what Larry wrote, it didn't look like it was going to be that long. Okay. It's going to be out. It's like mid season. He come back. Maybe, but maybe there's we'll way see. they can find it. And you're right. Listen, Patrick Kane is still a fantastic player. He was injured last year. Couldn't play. He couldn't was, he's clearly player. hurt. And if you go right. back and look, he's clearly he looks right. like he's upset, but he's probably wincing every time he's on yeah. the ice. And he's know? a proud guy. He he said he wanted to be here. He wanted yep. to be here to win a cup. Uh, and he wanted to contribute the best he can, and he just he couldn't do it. Maybe so he I, stays. Yeah, I mean that that'd be fantastic if, if they could fit him in like partway through the season, like two thirds of the way through the season. Sure. Also, that's like that's like uh, making a trade for a guy like that without taking any off. You know, they also signed uh, kind of under under the radar. They signed Nick Benino, who's going to be the yeah. fourth line center at Stanley Cup winner. I think yeah. that's a good signing too. So again, see what they've done, right? So Wheeler is a ca- former captain, yep. you know, hopefully character guy. Jonathan Quick, everybody talks about what a great competitor he is. Really, Stanley Cup winner, guy, right? And Benino, as you mentioned, Stanley Cup winner. Yep. So they brought in a bunch of guys that are character and winners, right? Sure. So obviously, it looks like Drury when he looked at the team, he said, "Okay, we've got a ton of talent here, but what we're missing is that character, yep. as leadership, so and guys some heaviness winners. on the bottom six too." Yep. Totally, yeah. So I, I like listen, and like we talked before, if it doesn't work, they're one year deals; they can yep. cut them loose and. Yeah. Well, it's all going to, we've talked about this several times, but it's all going to be on the kids. If they don't develop this year, they're, they're, they're in big trouble because yeah. the devils, I know they definitely loaded up. See, that's yeah. They signed that, uh, Timo Meyer Timo Meyer. years, but see, that's the hard part, right? So when you see Hughes and Heischer doing, doing as well as they're doing over there in New Jersey or Heischer, either one. Yeah. He changes the song. He does. He yeah. changes it. Um, Swiss. So, uh, but I mean, I just now I said, okay, Lafreniere. Lafreniere. Yeah. Wow. Lafreniere, Lafreniere, yes. Alex, number 13. 13. Okay, number 13. Uh, it's, wow. It's just, it, it's disappointing. Uh, and I think it's kind of, a, it's, it's probably unfair to him, but it's kind of a drain on the team a little bit too, because you're thinking there's so many expectations. Sure. First overall pick in the draft. And then again, Hughes doing so well in New Jersey. And he, this is it. This is the year. This yeah. is the year for him and Kako, I think. And I think the Rangers, I'm, I'm sure they know it. They're smarter than But then the what do you do though? So if, if it doesn't work out for number 13, He's a first overall pick in the draft. What do you do with him? He'll probably sign a bridge deal for two years, him and Miller both. And then I don't know what you do. Like what happens at that point? Yeah, like what's his value at that point, right? Does he go the Yakupov route or does he like a lot of stat nerds on online will say he's his even strength goals, he has as many as advantage at in the last couple of years. But what are you seeing from him that says elite player? Yeah, that's the thing. It's the eye test, right? I, the yeah. analytics are the analytics, but the eye test when you're watching him play, especially when he did so well last year in the playoffs, right? Yeah. I mean, he was a character hitting. You know, he was he into fought, it. He fought Stamkos after the yeah. one game. Well, again, and, you know, my theory, again, purely just a theory is that, you know, Hedl, Lafreniere, and uh, Capo were all up higher in the lineup. Sure. Now Tarasenko and Kane come in, pushing those guys down in the lineup. And again, with those guys, Tarasenko and Kane not having a whole lot of success, I hope I'm wrong when I say it. It almost looked like the young kids were saying they were sulking a little bit. Yeah, it could be. And you know what? I think, again, we've talked about this. Scorers get their confidence on the power play. And these guys were getting 20 seconds, 15 seconds. I I love the Rangers' first power play, but, you know, you got to mix these kids in. This is the future. You know, you have to, you got to win with these guys. Yeah, I hear you. But okay, now you're, 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 again, your window is here. The team is a contender to win the cup this past season. Uh, And, you got a power play opportunities, which is so important. And now sure. you put these young kids on, you don't score. Everybody's saying, well, why are you playing the young kids? Right. You know, why not go with the veterans that know what they're doing? They've done it before. But to use the first three months of the season to get them equal power play time, you know, just so they can build up that confidence. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. But and you know we'll what? You know, the answer is winning. Yeah. You know, whichever yeah. way you go, if you win, then yeah. you've made the right move. It's right? contagious. Yeah, yeah. It spreads. So, yeah, that's the offseason for the Rangers. What are the big signings? They had a free agent signings. A lot of guys kept their guys. Sorokin stayed yeah. with the Iron. Oh, yeah. That's years. right. That's a big deal. Because we do say that Shosturk is the best goal. I think he is, but Sorokin is not far behind. Sorokin is very good. But then again, look at Vegas. They won with Aiden Hill. Yeah. Who was kind of a retread. And, you know, I was just Stanley Cup winning goalie. That happened before. Remember when... Uh, Matt Murray with the Penguins? No. Remember when uh, Chicago won the Cup the first time with Kane scoring in that yes. short goal? Uh, they had Leighton in? No, that was the Philly goal. Philly had Leighton. Yeah. They had Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford. I guess the reason I bring up the point is I was in the agent business at that time. For 22 years. 22 years. And I had uh, Chris Mason. And okay. he had a really good year in St. Louis, I think it was. Yep. He was a free agent. But at that time, the team was starting to think you didn't need a big high-priced goaltender because the two teams that went to the finals did not have big yeah. big name. So it was terrible for Chris because now everybody's like going, well, no, we're not paying him $4 right. $5 million. You were paying him like one and a half million. Sure. Well, I mean, because your your buddy, buddy, friend of the show, Brian Boucher, was the Flyers goalie, got hurt. 
Yeah. And I think Michael Layton, Michael Layton. Yep. yep. He was the goalie yep. in the Stanley Cup against Corey Crawford, who was also unknown. It was, yeah. It was that, almost, uh, yeah, probably right. Because Corey Crawford became a better goaltender, he, but at the time was not. He did. Yet. But that's interesting. Goes in that cycle, right? So now teams start to think, well, why am I paying a goaltender a big chunk of my chunk of my cap? But then again, now you like know, said, so, okay, uh, what about um, Vasilevsky down in Tampa? Sure. They would not have won without him, right? Great goaltender. Great goaltender. Right. Uh, you know, so you go through those streaks where people think, no, you need to have that top notch sure. goaltender, and then also, and that is a little bit of the copycat league, right? That everybody says, totally. That's why everybody says like it's a speed game, and, and again, it is a speed game. But I like what Drury's doing, taking chances with these guys that are older, character sure. guys, winners, uh, to to add that to the lineup. So I think that's a uh, that's basically a reaction to the Rangers just not showing up for yeah. three of those games yeah. still. I mean, they didn't they didn't show. Yeah. Maybe Goodrow, maybe Truba a little bit, but they just didn't show yeah. for some of those games. And we talked about it. Uh, There's a couple times that was, it, was it Goudreau got in a fight there yep. in New Jersey. And they then fought t- the big hit on right, the devil. He turned and looked at the bench and said, let's go. Right. That and and there was no reaction. Right. That's so that, and you're right. Drury was that kind of a player himself when he played. He was yep. a, he's a skilled player, but he was a character guy too. Yeah. And they need, they definitely need that. They need to, they got to show up. And then the devils, of course, speaking of the speed game, we said, talk about how young and fast they are. They went out and got smoked by Carolina. Yep. So, yep. you know, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. They have yeah. a good squad. Yeah, I do. And then the heart, geez, look how good Carolina is. You know, mm-hmm. Florida got better. Tampa won't be as good. They got rid of some other guys. Uh, but they'll still be a contender. They should be a playoff team. So the, the East is tough. That's oh, the hard God it is. And ba- even Boston. Yeah. Interesting how uh, Bergeron is not. I haven't followed that very much, but he's not resigned either. Kind of tells me he's going to retire. I think it's it's a, a case of if he wants to come back, he comes back yeah. only to Boston, and yeah. that's it. Totally. Yeah. I think the only ones out there are really now are Kane and uh, Bergeron. Yep. Not a lot left. So, yeah. you know, that happened quick. And now we're next up for us is uh, what the training camps. Training camps coming up. Football. Oh, the draft happened. Um, the Rangers drafted uh, Yannick Perot's son from the oh, U.S. Development I team. saw that. I didn't yeah. realize that was his son. Okay. Yeah. And Bedard went first overall, as predicted. So, of course. And man, he's a polished kid, right? Like, he's so oh, polished. Wow. He's 18 years old. I don't think people understand what that's like at 18 years old. Like, and now he's going to go into Chicago. That whole organization is his. Like, it's, it's, on, eight, it's on his show. Here you go, 18 year old, carry the franchise, yeah. you know? But you know what, though? He'll be all right. You know why, Tom? Roller hockey player. Was he a roller oh, hockey he still player? still is. Still plays to this day. Plays in Vancouver. Wow. Oh, See? Oh. You know what you're missing. But the Rangers also picked a local kid from Pearl River who was a, a round post saint, um, Drew, in the third round. Oh. Drew, for, for, if I pronounce it wrong, Drew Fortescue or Fortescue. He used the defenseman the Rangers picked. Oh, and uh, wow. another one from the U.S. National Development Team. That program's really gotten good oh, over yeah. the years, man. I remember years ago where, uh, like, USA Hockey was not, like, really produced, like, had a, didn't have a plan, like, how to produce hockey. Like, you know, Canada, it's like a hockey factory, sure. right? Kids, the culture is all about hockey and everything. And that was the way Canada was really beating the U.S. Yeah. most times. It was just that culture, like, grind it out, grind it out. Well, know? that leads to a big philosophical discussion that they had. Is like, do you are you making this one super team that can compete with the national teams, or are you developing the entire program of American players? And people think that, well, maybe they're just really pouring all their eggs into this basket, which has great results. Yeah. But it's just a limited number of players, you know. It's- well, I tell you, for me, uh, when I started, I moved back to this area and started coaching youth hockey here in Greenwich, Connecticut. My son was playing, so that was oh, man, twenty years ago, or whatever it was twenty five, twenty some years ago. Uh, well, twenty five years ago. Um, this whole area, I mean, there's there's some good pockets of team like Mid Fairfield had a good team. Yep, I mean, still do. But around like this whole tri-state area now, way better teams, oh, yeah. way better players being developed. The coaching is much better. So USA Hockey, I think, has tried to do their best, and I think they've done a good job of really developing coaches, sure, yeah, uh, developing the players all around. So the USA Hockey is uh, is better all around. You look at cities like St. Louis, uh, L.A., you know, because of the players that have gone there and played, yep. then they stay in the area and coach the young kids. Yep. So that all the hockey's got That's better That's planting too. the seeds. That's really yep. important. There's also, in this area, as you know, there's crazy hockey parents. Yeah. I'm, I'm coaching my son's 8U team now, and there's other teams that have kids going to camp Every day, five days a week, full day for seven weeks of the I summer. Know. That's insane. I know. That's not good. I, I, listen, I was so fortunate. I played with Wayne Gretzky, Phillips, two of the greatest players ever. They always talked about the fact that they never played hockey 12 months or 11 months yep. of the year. Why would they hang up the skates, go play lacrosse, golf, whatever it is? Uh, a lot. Of, I was listening to an interview by Wayne Gretzky talking about lacrosse. It was pretty interesting. Uh, most people may know this or may not. The national sport of Canada is not hockey. It's lacrosse. It's lacrosse. It's true. Yeah. And uh, that that's what we a lot of us would did it that we would do at that time where 
uh, they take the, well, we would you know, kind of overlap a little bit, you know, we'd still be playing hockey and lacrosse would get started and vice versa on the other end. Yep. So we really didn't miss anything. You know, we, I'd go to camp you know, like a Billy Harris, Davy Keon hockey camp for a couple of weeks during the summer. So it wasn't like we came back. It was just like totally stale. Uh, you know, I just, you play a couple of weeks, but yeah. that's it. Like uh, I spoke to this, this father, uh, Jonathan Cornrun, his son plays and his, he was saying how these parents don't get it. Cause they're not hockey parents. Right. They're not hockey players. Right. And he said they're going to burn these kids out yeah, by twelve, totally. and they don't get the hockey guys. Like, and in the end, if they don't burn them out, what is the goal with right. playing that long? What are you trying to accomplish? You're trying to get a scholarship to college. Like the chances of even getting a scholarship to college right. is, is slim. But are you trying to have a superstar peewee? Is that what you want? Yeah, like, kid who scores all the goals in peewee and then hates hockey by 12, 12 13? You know what I've come to learn too, though. Like the parents love their kids, right? Sure. And in their mind, they're giving them everything they can to be the most successful person possible right as an athlete a student just a person in general but yeah it just doesn't like we had jim kite on and we talk about this all yeah. the time that's a snowplow snow parents right uh, yes and but, you can't do it for them yeah you want to clear the way out so there's no problems but that's just not it doesn't they, work yeah they, they don't they, learn they're always going to face problems if they've never faced a problem before or gotten out of their comfort zone then they won't know how to handle it when they finally have to a million a million percent yeah. accurate spot on i love my kids julie molly thomas shout out thomas is an eight-year-old hockey player he's not playing five six seven weeks of hockey camp this yeah. summer he's being a kid he's swimming he's playing wiffle ball he's hanging out with his friends playing baseball you know play once or a little bit here and there but that's it right and then when he gets back on the ice in the fall he may be a little bit off his game sure. for, for a week he gets back on the ice again in a week he's but, just little kids. but who cares yeah totally. so exactly. what yeah, let right. him just play yeah. and have fun and love the game that's yeah. all we want you know yeah, yeah. yeah and that's a very good point like loving the game like that, that was a big thing for me is i just I loved it. Like right. I just, I couldn't wait to, and I, I think looking back, if I didn't love the game, I probably wouldn't have made it because I, you know, I had to like showing up every day. Well, I had okay. to show up every day because I, but now take it one step further. If you had played every day in the summer for five, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week oh. for seven weeks, would you still be in love with hockey? Uh, no. No, no you, I mean, look at my attention span now. Like my attention span is about four minutes. Right? I'm shocked that we've got 15 minutes on this intro. I'm very impressed. <laughs> it is true though. We were, Tom and I have gotten to be good friends here and we see like, we'll have an interview and maybe we have like half an hour, 45 minutes to the next one. And so we talk a lot, get to know each other. He goes, man, you're just shutting down, aren't you? Like, well, uh, well, it's better. Look, so we talk a lot on the phone, obviously, as we have to doing the show, but uh, lately I'll get to about four, three four minutes into a conversation i can he's already fading and I'm, as someone who has a short attention span as well not anywhere near as short as yours i'm like oh shit he's done all right I'm like all right all right you gotta go you're, you're done right he's like yep well you also said your sons they had a certain oh, time when they hang out with you it's hilarious two hour mark and they're out we talked about all the team even the dog maverick now is like that too like maverick was all excited maverick came over yesterday with shane and leah my oldest son and his wife and maverick obviously is my grand dog and uh, he is so excited to see me. He ran from the car up to the door. He's peeing all over my foot. And he's so excited. He's crying. He couldn't wait to get inside the door. Within 15, 20 minutes, he's going to stand at the door. He's ready to go home. <laughs> he's at it. Like he's a laid law. Totally. Laid law trait. <laughs> there you go. We do laugh about it though. Like we say, it's, we're open to talk about it now. We say, listen, there's a time limit. Like, you know, they, my, they were over for maybe an hour yesterday and we all looked at each other. I said, like, get, get out here. We're well, done. you know, it's funny because my, my father's the same way. Like we'll, we'll go out to dinner. We go visit them and Oh, he gets up and leaves. He just leaves when people are still eating. He's like, "No, I'm done." And I guess his battery just yeah. runs out, and that's fine. And that's the way he is. And is well, I wonder how many people though just don't. Um, they suck it up and go through it. Like they maybe the oh, battery yeah. the battery is done, but they just suck it up. So like, think yeah. about every meeting you've ever been in in your life, probably yeah. right. I'm, maybe we just both have ADHD, and that's what it is. Oh, but I'm just like, all right, let's end this. Thing. I know what people want to hang on, linger, and talk. Oh, let's go. Let's move on. Let's done. let's move on. Send an email. I, I, one of the worst is too when you have a business meeting, especially. And the, the business meeting should really last like ten minutes, but it goes an hour because everybody just wants to babble, babble. Yeah, babble. They repeat what you said thirty five oh, times. Oh, totally. Yeah. So just but. Not what's not annoying and will keep your attention wrapped is this next episode with your ex-teammate Doug Soapy Sotart good and man. his incredible story of starting teams. Well, we'll let people hear, but yeah, uh, he was good. Yeah, we battled a few times when I was an agent. He was a general manager. He did not. We were good friends, teammates, and everything like that. But when it came time to do a business, it was business time. Oh yeah, oh you tenacious. Yeah, I remember one time we we didn't talk to each other for a while. I can't remember. It was one player or something's going on, and uh, we battled and we just dug our heels in and said, "I'm not talking to them." That's it. Two stubborn goats. <laughs> Who finally broke? Oh, he did for sure. <laughs> of course he did. You know, you're going to say that. Uh, but it, uh, fans, hopefully you enjoy this show. Please like, share, subscribe, download, leave us a review on Apple. Those are important for us. And uh, we keep giving you great content. Good job. And here we go, Tom. So fun show coming today. We have your first Ranger goalie rookie year and a friend of yours goes by the nickname Soapy. We have Doug Sotard on the program. Doug, poor Dougie Sotard have to play behind me by rookie year in National Hockey League. How you doing there, brother? Good, good. Yourself? Very good. Doing excellent. You're in Kansas City now, right? That's where you're living? 
I've been here since uh, about 2000 and what was it? Uh, no, 91, 92, I think, after I retired and moved out here. And uh, worked a couple of years with the Rangers and then came out here and started up the old IHL team in Kansas City. So Oh, I didn't know you started the team there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We started in a shoe store. <laughs> I started two organizations that choose shoe stores, so. Seriously? You, you started it? Oh, well. Yeah, we did have an office. We had an office downtown. It was in the shoe store. We took we took it over, and that's where our corporate office was for about wow, the first that's six months. So the owner of the team came to you and said, listen, I want you to start this organization? Well, when I retired oh. with the Rangers, um, I went out to Denver for two years and worked uh, with the Rangers organization. With Pete Mahovlich was a head coach, oh, Colorado yeah. Rangers, and then Denver Rangers. They changed names. And then uh, on the way back, I was coming back to work with Espo um, as the part of the player development program. Yeah. Halfway halfway back to New York, I got a phone call from Jack Giller, who was the president at that time, saying, uh, Doug, I just want to let you know that uh, uh, we let Phil Esposito go today. Oh, <laughs> is that right? Oh. Driving. I can still remember my wife is sitting beside me. We had the kids in the back. We're driving back because we really like you. But we want you to stay in the organization. So I was like, okay, whatever. We were we hired Neil Smith. So, anyways, uh, came back and spent a year there. But uh, wow, and then parted, went back to Canada. Took took the job in Kansas City. Okay, and basically that was kind of my university degree to starting up a yeah franchise. Yeah, that's very cool. Where are you yeah. from originally? Where's your hometown? Well, Edmonton, Alberta. That's where I grew up and played four years of juniors there with the Wild Kings. Uh, oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Were you were your goalie when you got started? Uh yes, I was. Yeah, all through my all, all through my youth and all that. I I was too chubby to play forward or defense. <laughs> were you really? Yeah, but I was pretty good at stopping the puck. So yeah, there you go. I uh, played there and then and then uh, made the junior team uh, as a 16 year old. We had two 16 year old goalies that year, myself and the guy by Larry Hendricks. We went and played the uh, went to the Memorial Cup as two 16 year old goalies. Wow, that's something. Wow. We had guys like, you remember these names, Phil Russell, sure, Tommy Bladen, Don yeah. Kozak, Darcy Rhoda, Brian Ogilvie. Uh, There's a couple more there that uh, played pro. We had a great team. And we went, actually, that's when, so when you go back in time, the Western Hockey League, when you, when you made it to the Memorial Cup, you could add a goaltender. Oh. So at that time, we had knocked JD out in, in Calgary about, Three four weeks earlier, not Calgary out. We went on played. Uh, I forget who it was. Regina for the championship, and uh, the Oil Kings decided to pick up a goaltender instead of going to the Memorial Cup with the two guys that got him there. They brought JD in. Oh, and uh, he played. Oh, so he played the bulk of the time then. He played the games in the Memorial Cup. Yeah, he'd been off for two and a half weeks. Oh, and uh, he—he'll tell you himself. He wasn't. <laughs> He wasn't, uh, let's say he wasn't conditioned for it. GG uh, <laughs> could pack on the pounds pretty easy there. He was, he was pretty beefy. Yeah, yeah those, those old GG. It wasn't his call. They asked him. He went. He came. Right. He was part of our team. And uh, so that's where I got to know JD a little bit. Sure. How did you he feel about well, that? Well, but we just didn't win it. You know? Yeah, that's so strange, Doug. How does it, that affect the team? Also, this outsiders in, in, in the playoff. Well, I'll tell you what. It was big news in Edmonton at that time because... The Oilers weren't there. We were the only thing in town. We were packing the old Edmonton Gardens. We had 8,000, 9,000 people a game. That's before they had no smoking. There was smoke everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was big news in the city, and there was big controversy in him coming in, how it's going to disrupt the team. And it it did throw a little bit of a, a, a monkey wrench into, you know, basically my feeling and, and the other goaltenders, Larry's uh, feelings. But, you know, the team played well, and, and uh, we weren't good enough to win just kind of the way it goes you know yeah but it's funny here, here's a story i seen our general manager at the time was old bill hunter wild bill hunter oh yeah sure he's a wild man from the well he was an unbelievable guy and brian shaw was our coach right. so years later i'm flying back on a plane and brian's out there and i said brian whose decision was it to pick up another goaltender he goes doug he says it was bill hunters i said seriously he goes yeah he says i want to just go with the 216 year old sure so cool. A couple of years later, I see Bill Hunter and I said, hey, Bill. I, <laughs> I know where this is going. Who, who, uh, whose idea was it? Because I wanted to question him. He goes, that was Brian wanted to bring <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't get a straight answer, right? Oh, that's funny. That's so, funny. But anyways, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, it's uh, unfortunate we didn't win it that year, but we won the league championship. 
did you get back to the Memorial Cup again? No, no, oh. we uh, we we didn't. We made it to the I think semifinals the following year, and then you know in junior hockey, the end goes the cycles. You go up and then you go down. We were just going up and. Uh, the first, second year, and then we kind of went down after the guys, so we didn't, we didn't make it. And then actually the franchise moved to Portland a year after I graduated with the, went to pros. So. Oh, well, Tom, maybe you should explain the, the Memorial Cup a little bit because it's a huge deal in Canada. A lot, a lot of Americans don't really know much about it. Yeah, so you get the three major junior leagues, get the Western League, the Quebec League, and the Ontario League, and they'll go to the winners of all those leagues. Go And then how do they get, there's a fourth team too, correct? Well, they've changed it, yeah. Yeah, They change, that's the host team now. The host right. team... They they have a host team and then uh, and then each each uh, league has a representative of the Glenmore League. So yeah, it's actually you get two teams from one one league. You know, right? It's interesting too because sometimes, well, usually that host team, even if it's not a good team, they need to know that they're going to have a good team, so they make a lot of trades before the deadline or to get better. They do, yeah. And and you know what? You have to make. I know out west where I ran the team in Everett, um, we try to get in the U.S. and they won't they won't allow it in the U.S. for some reason. But you had to make a presentation. You had to talk about your team, where you were, and what you were going to look like. Oh. And they bid for it. Obviously, the the communities back it, and they bid bid on it. It's a, quite a process they yeah. go to to uh, be awarded it. And there's a lot of work to it too. Yeah. Tons of work. Yeah. Community. It's a real community effort. Yeah, like seems like Kamloops has had it a lot of times, right? Is Kamloops one of the teams that they used won? to? Actually, they're having it this year. Oh, they're having it this year. They just they just traded. Every pick for the next five years to oh. to to load up. Because, oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. Oh, they did. They they. I think they traded four or five first round picks, uh, a bunch of second rounds, third rounders, and a couple young players that were first round picks to right. to get some of these nineteen twenty year olds. You know, wow. that had been drafted off other teams. So when you were drafted, was it an eighteen year old drafter? Twenty. Twenty year old. Yeah. So you had uh, what four years of junior hockey before you were drafted. Yes. Wow. I was drafted as a 20-year-old um, by the New York Rangers. And it, it, it's a funny story. I remember remember skating around in warm-ups all the time in the old Edmonton Gardens, and there used to be two guys sitting right on the blue line in my end, right? And I'd see them. They had, one guy had a chapeau on the hat, and the other, guys, the other guy's a little guy with glasses, and I didn't know who they were, right? Right. So then I get drafted. And by the New York Rangers, talked to Mel Francis, said, "You, I want, I want you to come to Montreal. I want to meet with you." So I go to Montreal, and my agent worked out the deal, and and uh, and I uh, go to his room and knock on his door, right, just kind of shaking, right, sure. like see Emil Francis, and I open the door. He goes, "Hey, uh, come on in." And I look, and here's these two guys sitting here on the oh. couch. The guy had his hat on oh. and the glasses. I said, "I had no clue who these guys were." It was. Um, Steve Berkowitz and Louis Passador were the scouts. Oh, well, well. And uh, Mr. Francis had a handwritten agreement that I actually have in my drawer right here. Oh, that's very cool. I still have it. Yeah, of what my contract was and and uh, you know the terms and everything like that. Right. And obviously, it agreed with the agent, and then and then uh, went to a contract. But I had to sign off on it. and I still have it here. It's that's very cool and kind of cool. Yeah. What round were you drafted in? I was the second round, thirtieth pick overall. Well, so you yeah. done pretty well. That's a pretty high draft pick for a goaltender, right? Like they all. Yeah, there was actually. I thought I was going to go in the first round. They talked about going to Buffalo. I was supposed to be drafted late. Oh, in the first round, Buffalo. That's all the talk was Buffalo, 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 and then Pittsburgh took a goalie. Actually, the guy was he took his son, <laughs> uh, Gord Laxton. Oh, and uh, Pittsburgh took a goalie, and then uh, Eddie Stanielski went to St. Louis, and then Bob Sove, and then myself. Wow. Oh, yeah. But a year earlier, Doug uh, Doug was drafted by his hometown team in the WHA draft. Any thought to go into the WHA, Doug? Uh, you know what? It was uh, very nice to be drafted in the WHA. I think I was, I know I was drafted in the first round. I can't remember what number. Eighth overall. Was it eighth overall? You know, I practiced with them a few times a year before as a as a twenty year old. I'd go out and practice with them uh, when they needed a goalie. Jacques Font was there at that time. Wow, man. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, and uh, you know, they 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 offered me a contract, but I was actually quite fearful to sign in WHA because I wanted to play in the NHL. Oh, I just thought, you know what? If I sign this contract here, I, they might frown against it. You know, I just I was fearful of of signing right. in WHA, so. 
I just stuck it out and got drafted because they were they were drafting as nineteen year olds. Where were we when you actually got drafted by uh, the Rangers? I was sitting at home waiting for a phone call. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yeah, they used to have the draft. I think it was in Montreal. Yeah, they, all the time. They would call you, and um, I got a phone call by my agent, and he had said that I was drafted by the New York Rangers. I said what? I said oh. You said Buffalo. I thought I was going to Buffalo. Oh, wrong part of New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, it was awesome, and uh, you know, it was it was a great uh, great experience. I'm sure, but it's totally different than now. Yeah, totally. There was no hype and pageantry involved at all. It was just like you're you're yeah. drafted and okay, hey, that's great. I was a six round draft pick. I think they they didn't. They're no hurry to call me. Uh, no rush. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring. The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Call me a couple of months. (laughs) Doug, how was it like when you got to New York for the first time as a kid? Because obviously you're a Western Canadian. That's got to be like eye-opening. Sure. Yeah, it was pretty wild. You know, it's, uh, you know, you flow in there and you, you know, you're just out of your element, right? Until you, you know, you're 20 years old trying to figure everything out. Um, I was going in there to, to try to win a job. And uh, that year they had uh, Eddie Jockerman was still with us. Uh, JD was there. And I think uh, Dunk Wilson was there. So, oh, wow. So I was coming in. I didn't care. I wanted to win the job. And Probably about the first week in practice, I took a hard shot off my ankle and I ended up uh, missing the rest of the training camp. Uh, I got sent down to Providence and started down there. So, But I look back at it and on, to be honest with myself, I, you know, I could have played a game here and there, but I don't think I was ready to play on a full-time basis. You know what I mean? Well, with those guys there already too, Eddie Jockman's a legend, JD, all that. Yeah. yeah. So it's... They traded Eddie that year and then oh. JD and I think it was Dunk and then Wayne Thomas was in there a little bit too, wasn't Wayne he? Wayne came later on. Oh, okay. Yeah, Wayne came on. Yeah, yeah okay. Wayne came later on from Toronto. But uh, it was a great experience. But I'll I'll never forget the one year. I That was the first year down in Providence. Was Gresh and Dave Maloney there as well? Was yes, they were. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Gresh played very much. He got yeah. called up early, yeah. and he was yeah. up there the rest of the year. Davey was down there for a while. Eddie Johnson was down there. Oh, good. And I started yeah. yeah, Siggy Seganko up there. and <laughs> Siggy. So we call him Siggy because he did enjoy his cigarettes. So, uh, back in those days, he was in the locker room too. Which was, yeah, there was three of used to run in. But oh, oh, um, so, anyways, we uh, I'll never forget though. I bought a car that year and I drove it back. And I don't know how I got back to Edmonton. I, I just you know you have a map, right? Yeah, yeah. And then the following year, I came back and I had a trailer. I got married and I had a trailer. And I'm driving back. I had no clue how to get to where I was going. It was a rock of Feller Inn or someplace. It was a Holiday Inn, Rockefeller. Right. And I'll never forget, I was driving and I had no clue. And I took this one turnpike I didn't know. And I was pulling straight. <laughs> I pulled up to the toll booth. And the guy said, what in the hell are you doing on here with this this trailer? I said, oh, get the hell off. You're not supposed to have any trucks or trailers. And, oh, I said, I'm lost. And he kind of guided me and, and took off. But I thought I was get thrown in jail. But it was, you know, quite an experience. You know, back yeah. then you don't have GPS, right? Yeah, I know. That's funny. Yeah, so. Definitely. Yeah, so, so again, how long in Providence? Two years? I was up and down. I was one year one year in Providence. I got to play 12 games at first year. I uh, got called up. My first call up, actually, I went, uh, we were in Richmond. And I got the phone call at 1230 at night. 
And I had to fly out the next morning at five and went to, flew to Kansas City, actually, oh. where I live now. And um, got off the plane in Kansas City, waited for my bags, and my bags went all the way to San Francisco. <laughs> hey, where were you playing that night? We were playing that night against the, the Kansas City uh, oh. scouts at that time. Right. So luckily, well, who was it? Dunk, Dunk ended up with appendicitis. So <laughs> JD was playing. And I had to wear Dunk's equipment. So you're just backing up, though, right? You, you, I was backing back up. up. Thank God, because yeah. I couldn't have played. Because oh. I, I, my skates were size 9 Dunk's. I had to wear those old big Lang skates, oh, okay. like size 11 and a half. And his equipment didn't come close to what I wore. It was like like a, a fish out of water. Right. So when did you play? Did you find, that season you played the game? I played 12 games that year. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I played 12 games that year. How did you feel the first one? It was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was Ner- I, nervous or yeah, I got thrown in uh, for a half game, and then I started. I think I started my first game against Kansas City in Madison Square Gardens. Okay, we beat them four two. And actually, I think Craig Patrick scored on me that night. He was playing for Kansas City. Oh, is that right? Eh? Wow. But uh, yeah, it was a great experience. You know, the gardens is yeah, a special place to play. Uh, enjoyed every every minute of it while I was there, and then and then I got sent down, went back, and the next year I was kind of up and down. In the following year, I think that I uh, said, I don't know, 38, 39. Same thing, up and down a little bit. Because at that time, goalies had four years. You could send them up and down. Oh, okay. Three three years without recall. And then the one year, they went to send me down at training camp, and the Islanders claimed me. Oh. And at that time, they could they had a re- they could recall a player. Yeah. They had that one. Yeah. You Revoc- said, it's called revocable waivers, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, or recallable yeah. waivers. Yeah, it was, it was something. You, you, had, you had one opportunity. If somebody claimed you could pull them back. Oh, so the Islanders claimed me, and then that's when uh, Mickey Keating was there. Yeah, yeah. And Freddie, and and uh, they, and anyway, so I ended up staying the rest of the year. But, but and that had to be a trying season for you, Doug, right? Because they brought in a rookie defenseman who probably led to a lot of your uh, goals against, right? Yeah, I really did. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I thought, I, thought it was, I thought it was Bobby Orr too. He scored six goals out there. I mean, he did. It's pretty offensive for back then. I'll tell you, your career right there. What's yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, no, Tommy was good. He he was a solid. Sure. So that's the year we won that big run of the playoffs too. By eighty eighty one, right? We went to the semifinals that year. I think so. Seventy nine was the year. Well, you weren't there in seventy nine. No, uh, my first year was eighty eighty one. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. The next year we went. Yeah. Yep. So, so it was. Uh, you know, it was. It was. It was. It is what it is. Right. It's all history. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So you were with the team in the 79 run when they went to the finals? Yes, I was. There was myself, Wayne Thomas, and J.D. And, That's right. Uh, I had a, you know, I had a good year going there at that time. J.D. was hot, and he, he carried us through the playoffs. So right. he was the man back then. God. He's J.D. Yeah. And, you know, J.D., as you know, J.D. was just kind of, especially after the 79 series, he was this legendary player. You know, everybody wanted to, you know, you want to kind of make J.D. happy, you know, be one of the boys and everything. So when, how long did you spend with the Rangers then before you got traded? I was six years in the organization. Right. And then, uh, and then uh, the year that Herb came, well, I played, uh, the year the year before Herb came in, I uh, I played 39 games, yep. okay? I was yep. playing a ton, and I was 500 at that time, and I was playing pretty well. And then all of a sudden, uh, Craig decided to send me down to the to the minors, and I, I think Bakes got all up, or I forget who. Oh, was. that's right, I forgot about that. And then I got sent down. And I wasn't too happy about that after playing yeah. thirty nine games. And so, anyways, the next year I was. Uh, Craig says, "Well, do you want to stay here and play, or do you, you know I'll give you a contract, or do you want me to trade?" I said, "You know, Craig, maybe it's time for me to to move on." So Craig was good enough. He traded me to Winnipeg. Uh, Fergie was there. Oh, that's right. Fergie knew me from. He was the GM when I basically the second year of uh, my trip, my, my contract, and so he drafted or he traded for me and Eddie Staniowski. The year before we went there, they won I think thirteen games all year. Oh. The year that he made all the changes, uh, we ended up winning I think it was thirty nine games or something. Thirty five games, one of the most improved teams in the National Hockey League ever. Yeah. Oh, so, um, he's so good opportunity. I played a lot. Played. Uh, do me, do me a favor, Soapy. Go back to the uh, Rangers when you had the 39 wins, and then all of a sudden you're sent to the minors. Like, what goes through your head at that point? Well, I was like a real shock. You right. know, like I was like, what? Craig, like I'm I'm 500, I'm playing well, and uh, 
but obviously, um, you know, when you look back at it, you think, well, obviously they're looking at me as like, I can't do the job. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to give this other guy an opportunity. And I forget who the heck was playing with me at that time. JD and myself. Okay. And JD was hurt right. off and on. And it was myself. And then Steve Weeks was there too, wasn't he? We Steve, yeah. Steve Baker. We him after. I think they called Vegas up at that time. Right. right. And gave him a gave him a sniff. And um, anyways, that you know it was pretty disappointing. And then so I was living. I'd bought a place in 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 New York, and right. all of a sudden I'm commuting to New Haven. Oh, so I my time in there, and um, so it was just you know as mentally it was pretty tough. And I had a young family, and it's like what the heck's going on? I thought I had pretty well, but you know what? It, it's you, sometimes you evaluate yourself a little bit, yeah, better than what you really are. Sometimes, yeah, so Obviously, they wanted to make a change, and uh, they gave me the opportunity to go somewhere else. And played uh, thirty-nine, forty-four, and forty-five games. I think it was, and the only reason I played thirty-nine games the first year in Winnipeg. Fergie came to me and he says, "Doug, he goes, I traded a third-round pick for you." He says, "If you play forty games." I got to give up a second and I don't have a second. Oh, always that right. Well, Oops. Yeah. So he says, I, I, you know, and this was about two weeks to go before the end of the season. Right. Right. So I said, uh, okay, I get it. I understand. Like, Why am I not playing? Cause I was playing pretty well. Right. And he says, yeah, he says, I can't give up a second. He says, I don't have one. So just kind of bear with me. And I did, you know, like, what are you going to do? Right. It's good that he was honest with you. Right. And told oh, him what was going He was awesome. Yeah. He was good. Yeah. He was, uh, so we had guys like Timmy Waters and Jim Kite and all those kind of guys there. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy was uh, Jimmy was a rookie. He was my roommate. Oh, okay. We had him on a show, uh, and I did not realize how deaf he was. That uh, I, I knew he had a hearing problem, but wow, he's quite a guy. He's very interesting. Yeah, he is. He um, he used to take his ears out at night, put them on the on the light stand, and he'd be humming away. You know, and say, oh, cut those things off. But uh, yeah, he was a, he was awesome, tough guy. Um, good player. You know, he really, uh, he battled some of the heavyweights there. Oh yeah. He was a very competitive young man. So he was a good player. Lasted a long time in the NHL. And then actually I signed him when he was in the, uh, in the IHL. He was in Las Vegas and then he was a free agent. I signed him in Kansas city. Oh, that's right. So how many years did you play in Winnipeg? Uh, three years in Winnipeg. They were good. They were good. I, I enjoyed Winnipeg. I know, you know, it's cold and that, but you know what? I had an opportunity to play and it was exciting at that time. And, I think they go through the same kind of problems now as they do back then. It's tough to sign free agents. Not yeah. many guys will want to go there because of being Winnipeg and cold. Yeah. But you know what? It's a great spot, great fans. And the owner there now, Mark Chipman, is uh, just outstanding. Like he he's a top-notch individual. I got to know him there in the IHL. Um, you know, he had the Moose at that time. That's right. Yep, yep. Are they st- where are they now? The Moose, the minor league team. They're still there. The American league team. Oh, okay. Yeah, they yep. play out of that building. Oh, okay. And then uh, Doug goes to Montreal uh, to back up a, a young kid in 1986 who, again, broke your heart, Tom. That's right, too. I forgot about the Montreal, you going there. That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got traded to Montreal. The reason I ended up in Montreal was because Serge Savard came to Winnipeg. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he played uh, a year and a half and got to know me and like me and whatever. We, you know, not, I would say we were friend friends, but well, we were good and we went to Montreal as a general manager. He needed another goaltender, so right. Fergie was ready to move me on, and so I went to uh, went to Montreal for two right. years. That's right. So you helped beat us out, your old team, beat us out in '86 to win the cup. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, we had Craig Ludwig on, and he told us that it was amazing to win the cup in Montreal. How, what was the experience like for you? Yeah, it was uh, a dream come true to win the cup for sure. You know, there's a lot of hard work put in there, and the interesting thing because we we weren't that good at the beginning of the year. Like that was the year that Patrick. Uh, carried us in the playoffs, but I can assure you at the beginning of the year, he and Steve Penny and myself, there was three of us there. Uh, we weren't very good. They weren't very good. Steve and Patrick started out. I was in the press box oh. and I had probably the best training camp of them all. And, uh, I waited about 10 games and then, and then finally got my chance after they got blown up in, um, in Hartford, they gave up like, I think it was nine goal oh. six in the first period. Oh, wow. So I'm going, the guys are going, you're going to get your chance now. <laughs> Uh, well, I ended up playing, uh, I think, 27 games the second year, the, week, the year that we won the Cup. And uh, I got hurt in February. John Perron came to me, the coach at that time, and says, Doug, 
This is the first of February. He goes, I mean, get ready, play a lot of games to the end of the year because you're going to be, you're probably going to be on my starting goalie in the playoffs. It's like, okay, great. And about a week later, Phil Sykes fell on me and I blew both my knees out. Wow. So I ended up uh, out of the lineup until the last two weeks of the season in April and uh, I was shooting my knees up with cortisone and taping them and, and never, you know, they were okay to skate. But when you had to go into the crouch, yeah. it, it was it was really bad. Right. So, uh, anyways, um, I played the last game of the seat at a one game in Buffalo, and I took a slap shot off the throat, and I didn't finish the game. So basically, I just dressed for the playoffs. I had my knees all taped up. I was ready to go. I was going to freeze my knees, do whatever I had to do, and um, got my name on the cup. Wow, life is life, you know. That's interesting. I didn't know that because I thought Patrick Waugh just came in and had this great career right, right off the start. But he was... oh, he, you know what? He was. You could see the potential was there. He was hot and cold. He was right. twenty years old, right? Yeah, yeah. But he got hot at the right time. A good guy, good kid. I supported him one hundred and fifty percent the whole year. Obviously, see, that's the amazing thing about NHL goaltenders, right? Like you want to play, you want to be the guy oh, yeah. that, but you also support the other goaltenders. It's kind of like the history. That's the uh, what yeah. you know, NHL goaltenders do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and there was three of us, and I know Steve and um, Steve and Patrick were just social kind of relationship. Right, and um, I was kind of like the guy in the middle that you know, you know, I'll support either one, whoever's playing. But Patrick kind of took over at the end there. We didn't honestly, we didn't think we were going to go that far that year. And mm-hmm. and the uh, first game in Boston, I think he Patrick made like eighteen say eighteen to four in the first period, and guys are going, oh, maybe we got a chance here, boys. You know. <laughs> And and sure enough, he played unbelievable and uh, Conn Smythe winner. And uh, as a 20, 21 year old, and, you know, he's got a storybook uh, career. Plan. No question. How many years did you spend in Montreal then? I spent two years in Montreal, 84, 85, 85, 86. I was a free agent after that. And Serge wouldn't give me a raise. So uh, Rangers came knocking on my door and I signed a deal with them, went back. But my knees were not very good. Right at that time and I, I didn't play very well and I just, you know, I, I got into coaching and managing at that time. Oh, okay. So okay. moved on, moved on to a new career. I was 33 at that time and it was time to move on. I know. You get to that point, I was roughly the same age too. It's amazing. It goes so quick too, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at guys now that are playing to like they're, yeah. you know, 37, 38. Well, the game's different now though, isn't it? Like, yeah, they, they learn to train differently too, you know, how to take care of themselves better. Like you and I, well, I don't put you in the group, but a lot of us thought beer was a food group back then. So it's, uh, it's our training method. Have another beer and we'll fix yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. We had some times, so I'll tell you, we had a blast. I, I love playing with the Rangers, the group of guys that we had. And oh, yeah. People have. It was a pretty tight group back then. Yes. Yep. Really tight. I, I know when I was there, the years, remember going for, you were hoping somebody scored a hat trick because you go for a deli date. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He'd have a deli day. He'd be buying, you know, or, or right. only got a shutout. It's a deli day. We're all that's, going, right? That's, that's right, right, too. That's right, yeah. So you had, what, like uh, three or four years working with the Rangers, like in management? Is that? Uh, I was two years in Colorado and then came back and, and did pro scouting for uh, Neil Smith and Larry Plo. That's right. And then um, I went to, I struck out on my own, went to Kansas City and started up that franchise in Kansas City. That's right. In the IHL. That's where we tangled. I was just going to say, yeah. So, all right, let's set the tone here a little bit. So I get in the agent business now, and I think I'm Mr. Big Shot, right? I'm Jerry Maguire. No surprise there. <laughs> Show me the money. Show me the money. And Soapy, I, who do, who was it, the, the Northern Michigan player was the young? Gary Emmons. Gary Emmons. So I'm yeah. representing Gary Emmons. And now Soapy and I get a little bit of a battle. <laughs> and it was, what was, I can't remember what it was all about. Well, was that big contract you wanted? I know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fine. Yep. I think I think the first year he came, I think I signed him to like a thirty thousand dollars, and that was pretty decent money. Sure, my yes. And then uh, uh, you came in asking for a boatload. <laughs> I can't. You were, yeah, it was fair. It was fair. You were you were fair. We were all we were doing our jobs. We were tangling, and yeah. uh, we kind of got out a little bit, though, didn't we? We kind of argued a little bit. Or... I might have. Yeah, I think that... you're throwing your weight around pretty good there. <laughs> oh, what a bu- so he's a big bully, is what you're saying. Well, after you get that point in my career, my agent business got pretty well. So I probably had a pretty big head and thinking that I was, uh, yeah. Literally or? Yeah, well, both, both literally and purely. Well, you know what? You, uh, you were battling for your guy. And there's, you have to be respectful of that. You know, I get it. But there's only so many, so much, so many dollars in the bucket. Yeah, how'd it turn out? 
I think you got your way. Didn't I, I don't think I got I when I watched. I can't remember. I think we, yeah, we, yeah, we, we still worked it out. It's funny because for about five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I remember. I I rarely gone like that too. What happened to you, right? Because we, I got a little pissy match over there. Yeah. No, it was good. It was. Uh, you know, that was a great league, though, Tom. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Definitely. That was good. Yeah. Good for the kids. There was a lot of guys that were like bubbled kind of NHL guys that were in the Myers that came over and made a lot more money. Yep. And um, it was it was a great league. Lots of uh, lots of good players, and and uh, it kind of lost its way though. Yeah. It was up. You know. Those teams that were paying way over the cap. We yeah, did Vegas had it. Did Vegas have Radic Balk? Vegas bread and Radic Balk paid yeah. much money. That, yeah, yeah. But you know what? They, if you look at it, Tom, they had um, the first salary cap in hockey. The IHL had a salary cap. You oh, remember that? Yeah, I do. Yes, uh, Larry Land and Larry Land worked it out with our owners, and they had a, a CBA that had a salary cap on it. We get, we used to have to play within that whatever that I can't remember the amount. Right. And but then there was guys like. Uh, Waddell and yeah. Dudley that were in, uh, you know, they're owner in Detroit and wherever we'll call it. Waddell was down in San Diego. They, they, Freddie Comrie was the owner and they could go over the salary cap. So it made it, and they didn't care. They'd pay the penalties, right? Right. Pay the fine for the league. They didn't care. They just wanted to win. So anyway, yeah. it is what it is. It's so, yeah, like they did that in Vegas too, right? Didn't they go over the cap? Oh, yeah. Strummer. Yeah. yeah. Strummer. Strummer, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so those three guys, they were like, they were kind of leading the way. They'd go over the salary cap, and their owners were like, "That's fine, we'll just pay the pay the penalty, go get some good players." Right now, was it like, was your franchise making money? Uh, we were, yes, we were. Oh. Yeah, for about five years, six years, we 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 just made. Yeah, it wasn't losing money. We right. made some money. Yep. Yeah, so that's a good job by you to to make a little bit of money in that, that league back then, especially. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? We had it rocking here in Kansas City after the first year. We were an independent team when I first came in here. And then the following year, we became an affiliate of San Jose Sharks. We ran it like a pro team. Right. And they hadn't had hockey here in 10 years. So we were filling the old Kemp Arena. We had, we'd have nine, 10,000 on a Friday. We'd sell the place out on a Saturday. And people thought they were watching NHL hockey. We were doing it the right way. You know what I mean? We're giving them good buck, uh, good value for their dollar. And it was entertaining. And it was, it was a blast. The players really liked playing here, but like anything, um, you know, they want to play in warm weather place with no taxes and yeah. you try to compete with an Orlando or, you know, a team that gives them whatever they want. It's hard, but yeah. we survived. It was, it was good. good. Yeah. And you've, you've stayed in Kansas City this whole time? I did. And um, I've always had a place here. I've always, I've moved, you know, I went from there to Everett, ran the junior oh, team, started right. up another team in Everett. Uh, out, of, out of the shoe store. shoe store. <laughs> it was right on Main Street. We, that's the only thing we had. Our building was being built. Our offices weren't available, so we had a we had a, a shoe store that we were working out of, and uh, we got it going. We were an expansion team, and we is basically like running an NHL team without the big dollars, right? You know? And we had to scout all our players. We had an expansion draft. We were pretty successful. First year we went to the finals, which nobody would uh, nobody could believe. A lot of good players. We got some pros, uh, guys drafted high, and you know it was a good run in in uh, in Everett, and they're still going. We made the playoffs every year when I was there, and there's continuous 20 years now since we started that franchise, and they've made the playoffs every year. Wow, that's something. How many yeah. years were you there? I was there about 11 years. Oh, wow. That's a good run. Yeah, it was wow. good. And what'd you do after that? Uh, I went to Europe. I went to Red Bull, and I worked with the Red Bull organization for uh, two years. Now, now you, you're, you're in Kansas City still. Do you... Think, you know, it's often mentioned that Kansas City is going to be one of the next expansion spots. Uh, do you think that's going to happen, or you think we're, we're close to that expansion for the NHL? For yeah, I I think hockey could go here. I really do. Unfortunately, I think they use Kansas City as leverage. Pittsburgh used them a few years ago to get a new building. Oh, that's right, Chuck. Um, they came in. They looked around. You know, it was um, Anschutz, the guy in um, L.A. Yeah. Right. That's when Liawiki was working there. He came in here and gave the city $50 million seed money to build a new arena downtown. And then they managed the facility, you know, so that it helped the city, you know, and get them, get themselves going here. And with the, with the notion that they're going to get an NHL team or an NBA team and neither one has happened. Um, and obviously he's moved on. He does his view group. Now he's, he's, uh, with that other association, but. Um, 
I think Kansas City could support an NHL team. People like hockey here, uh, but I I just you got to have local ownership, and there's yeah. no league that's going to step up. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's the biggest problem. Like even the even the Chiefs, the the Hunts, they're from Texas, right? They fly in for the weekend. They're from Texas, and uh, uh, the Major League Baseball guy they finally sold uh, to the local group here now. So Sherman, he's he's a local guy. So he, they finally got. But they've all. It's always been um, ownership from out of, out of state or out of the city. So, but I think I think it could go. I do. What do you got going on now? What you working for the city or something? That. Oh, I did a year for um, I did a year for the youth organization here, just trying to help them out. I said I'd do it for a year, and <laughs> did that for a year, and said time out. That's it. I'm uh, I'm done. I'm retired. Retired? Am I retired unless something good comes along? But there you go. Ready to pack up, go down to Palm Springs for a month. Oh, nice grandkids and everything, or what's going on? Oh, yeah, I got three grandkids. My daughter's got all three here in Kansas City. Oh, so nice. I got a son married down in St. Louis, and my uh, oldest boy, Dennis, uh, is in Dallas, and he works for the Stars. He's equipment manager for the Stars. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, wow. he's been there 15 years. Yeah. Wow, very cool. So, any regrets in your career, your life at all, Doug? Not really. You just keep moving ahead. Yeah. You no, know, I. Uh, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be, you know, involved at the National Hockey League level, and I did for a while. You know, and obviously as a player, that was one of my goals, and then I wanted to get in management and get that opportunity. I come close a couple of times. I interviewed up in Edmonton. I want to say there was sliders there. Oh. And that uh, was the backup plan to Kevin Lowe, so I missed out on that. Interviewed in Calgary there when Buttons got the job, but um, those days are far behind us. But... I, you know what, life is good. I got no complaints. You know, you work hard and you treat people right and you just kind of go about your business, you know, so. Yeah, you always impressed me that way. Like, you didn't, don't, there wasn't the big ups and downs with Doug Sotar. It was like, just move ahead, move forward. Like, if you didn't like something, yeah, you didn't like it, but you didn't sit around and sulk about it. You just kept working, yeah. Yeah, you got to keep working, right? That's all you can do. So, yeah. um, um, a story, you know, this, this, uh, yeah, Craig, remember Craig Cunningham? Yeah, yes, I do remember that name, yeah. Yeah. Well, he was lining up for a face off, opening face off. We had 6,000 people in the building, went through warm ups. His mom happened to be down from Trail BC the night before. They went for dinner, had the pregame skate, came to the game, national anthem goes, lines up to have a face off, and uh, stood there, right wing lining up, and fell over. Heart stopped. I remember and, hearing this. I remember the story too. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, and um, they did CPR on him for uh, 85 minutes. Wow. They took him to the hospital and, and they saved his life. Wow. But he ended up losing his uh, losing his uh, left leg. Uh, oh, that's right. I remember that part of his leg. Yeah. Right. Right. Great kid. And so you were at the game, Soapy, when that happened? That was my team. Oh, actually. Yeah. Wow. my team, yeah. So how are you, how are you feeling then? I mean, you know, we see things like Clint Malarchuk when he got cut in the neck and everything like that. And you think, and the, the fact that somebody could die in a hockey ring. He wasn't even hit. He just yeah. he was lining up for the opening faceoff. Right. Perfectly healthy, 28, 27 year old man. Yeah. Lined up and he just went over backwards. Wow. Everybody looked like, what the hell's going on? Right. Trainers came over. They started giving him CPR. They shocked him on the ice. Oh, wow. And the fans are still there. Tried to get him going. Yeah. Put him on a stretcher. Took him to the ambulance. In the ambulance, they shocked him when they got him in the ambulance. Never got it going. Took him to the hospital. And on the way to the hospital, they shocked him again. Couldn't get his heart going. They gave him CPR for 85 minutes. Oh, wow. Wow. Got him in the hospital. You should read the story on it. I, I saw I saw the story. They did a documentary. Did they do a documentary or new stories? Yeah. Someplace. Yeah. yeah. And then and then he was in the St. Mary's Hospital. And the guy that uh, the, the administering doctor that night was a uh, heart surgeon. But top world-renowned guy was at the University Hospital. They called him. After 85 minutes, they finally got his heart going again, oh. just just faintly. They called him, and this guy came over from another hospital with his staff and his ECMO echo machine, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they, they hooked him up to it. They got him going, and uh, they saved his life. I guess what he had was the just the a misfiring of the heart. I think there's an electrical charge went through. And um, it, it was like... Unbelievable. The team was in distress. Right. Guys were like a mess for about a week. We had to bring in our sports psychologist. Really? Um, yeah, it was, it was, 
kind of a life altering thing for a lot of people. Why not? You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, but thank God he survived, and you know he lost his leg or his bottom part of his leg. But he's the happiest can be. Hasn't changed as a person, and he's oh, working in the NHL. So oh, he's he worked for Vegas now as a pro scout. Oh wow, very cool. Unbelievable. Incredible. Incredible. Yeah, you, you read that story. It's it's uh, it's incredible what these doctors can do. Like this yeah. guy was. I'll, I'll never forget, we're in the room, his mother's there, oh. she just flew in from the night before. Mother, myself, and our two medical trainers are in there, and this little doctor comes in with a little white coat on, mm-hmm. he got these little black ridden glasses, and he introduced himself as Dr. Kathleen, and he says, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Cunningham, he goes, your son is in severe condition, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to save him. Oh, this is, he's being straight up. Sure. He goes, I'm going to do everything I can to save your son's life. And he says, I want you to know something. I love my job and I'm really good at it. Well, oh, I, I guess he said, and I'm going, yeah, real okay. guys get her done. I was, I wanted a high five him, right? That's good. Yeah, he did. We just here and you know what? He saved his life. I'll, it, it was like, I had goosebumps. I mean, yeah. it was incredible situation to be in it. To go it's behind the scenes to see it and you know and then deal with the rest of the players and there's been some ups and downs that's for sure and yeah thank god he pulled out of that one yep that's uh, cool it's cool he's working in the national hockey league too that's good yeah very good well Sophie, it's great to see you again uh good to see you're doing well your grandfather now yeah you work at a shoe stores you can work out anywhere nothing you can <laughs> what size you wearing you think that's right too yes <laughs> definitely that's that's a great story that twice you started franchises at a shoe store that's what yeah, exactly yeah in the minor leagues right that's the way it was well again good to see you Sobe. thanks for coming on the show uh yeah. and we'll have you again someday okay thanks look dude right. yeah good talking to you guys tom and yeah. tom thanks so much. yeah there you go See, Tom, so look, you can have a great idea and start a business out of anywhere. You can start a hockey team out of a shoe store. Who knew? Thank you so much. He's had quite an interesting career on the ice as a player, and then after uh, starting two franchises, both out of shoe, shoe stores, too. That's pretty funny. Not, yeah, unreal. They yeah. worked for him, and yeah. then he told us a, a great story towards the end, and it's just, you know, a great episode. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can if you have dreams, find a vacant shoe store. There you go. And, and start yes, up sir. a business. He's a good man, too. I always admired him. He's that even-keeled guy, you know, didn't get too up or down, and good man. All right, Joe. Yes, sir. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. <laughs>